Hello and welcome to the I Wanna Be A Band podcast, a podcast series where I chat to good friends about the music I'm passionate about. My name is Oliver Palmer. I created this podcast for two reasons, my love of music and, like most people in the world, I'm bored, being strongly advised not to leave my house in the midst of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Music is a universal language, transcending cultures, generations and other human differences. But it's also a deeply personal one, with every single one of us on varying musical paths. Through chats with close friends and family, this podcast looks to explore just that. Punk rock is not something you grow out of. Punk rock is an attitude, and the essence of that attitude is, give us some truth. These are the words from Joe Strummer, lead singer of The Clash. The only band that matters, they used to say. Some still do, I'm sure. Punk is the straight-talking, quick-paced, parent-scaring genre and subculture which took prominence in the mid to late 70s in the UK, although the exact roots of the genre are still debated. Scenes of pink mohawks, studded leather jackets and big heavy boots hit Britain and the establishment like a bad smell. The parents of punks grew up in the flower power summer of love era thinking that they could change the world. The punks wanted to burn that world to the ground and start again. In December 1976, the English fanzine Sideburns published a now famous illustration of three chords, which was captioned, This is a chord, this is another, this is a third. Now form a band. The DIY culture of the genre meant anyone could do it with any musical ability. And they did. Bands such as The Clash, The Sex Pistols, The Ramones, The Damned played to hot, sweaty rooms of teenagers, headbanging and moshing into each other rebelling against their parents and the establishment and what was expected of them when they grew up. My relationship with the genre is an interesting one. I wouldn't label myself a punk by any means, but I do like a lot of the music and the subculture. A sense of belonging for those outside the mainstream. Recently watching bands such as Miss June, Plague Vendor and Fat White Family, the live experience of a punk gig is like no other. My dissertation at uni was on women in the punk era in the UK. I wanted to shine a light on the stories and experiences of punk which have perhaps been sidelined by a lot of the press and the literature. How they used the subculture for the same reasons many of the men did, as a form of rebellious expression, but were also able to carve out their own experience and discourse, using it as a support network, a way to rebel against what was expected of women at the time, which was to become a housewife and have kids. In this episode, the second of the series, I chat to good friend and punk enthusiast Jamie. I've known Jamie for a few years now, having worked together for a brief time. We share modern punk bands, which has had a bit of a renaissance recently, and go to punk gigs as much as we can in London, where we both live. I'm curious as to his views on the subculture, its politics and his personal experience. I hope you enjoy. Okay, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the podcast. This week we're talking about punk rock. So I'm joined today by a very special guest, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Yeah. Hi, Chips or Ollie. Uh, I am good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um, so I promise not to keep you too long. The weather outside is very nice, so I'm sure you want to get out very, there. Very, nice. Go for a walk or whatever. Um, so this episode is all about punk music. Um so I use that term quite generally. So things like post-punk, hardcore, etc. That's all included. I don't really care too much um, about the specifics of what quantifies a punk band. So to get us started, um, can you describe your relationship with punk and sort of how you got into it? Do you remember when you first started listening to it at all? Yeah. So 
I'd say I never grew up listening to punk or at least in my kind of formative music years, punk wasn't really something that I listened to. Um, I think a lot of people adopt uh, the music of their parents, you know, especially yeah. if their parents are very, very musically inclined. Um, they will. Uh, my parents listened to ABBA and Pete Tonk. Um, and so that didn't trickle really, down to you then? No, that, that didn't trickle down to me and neither did they really instill me with any um, punk pedigree, I guess. Yeah. So I guess when I got into punk, when I started listening to bits of punk was when I, in secondary school, um, I can remember... I used to hang out with a with, with a group, kind of what you would call. I mean, back at my school, we called them Grebos. You know, kind yeah, of, I know. Um, yeah, like the big big baggy trousers, big baggy trousers, kind of long hair. This just before the emo stage, yeah. you know. And and back at that time, I listened to a lot of kind of crap music. Now yeah. looking back, terrible music, but it, it, scattered within that, I, I remember listening to. Um, a lot of Dead Kennedys um, yeah. was probably the first punk bands that I listened to. I remember downloading a Dead Kennedys album from LimeWire and listening to it a lot. Um, Talking Heads as well at that time in The Clash, obviously classic. Um, and I remember listening to Anti-Flag, if you know Anti-Flag oh, as yeah, well yeah. at that time. Who, I mean, they're, they're okay. I think I had an Anti-Flag poster as well but I, I wouldn't say even back then when I was listening to those I was a punk fan um, what kind of what what drew you in was it the lyrics at all the anti-establishment lyrics or more or more of the music I mean back then it was it was it was just the music it was stylistically it fit with the other stuff that I was listening to quite like quite you know like when you're a teenager you like angsty music you yeah, like um, aggressive stuff you like you know it's a it's a form of expression and punk very much embodies that um later on in my school years i listened to a lot of pop punk i used to listen to a lot of like mayday parade and boxcar racer blink 182 yeah a lot of people went through that stage didn't exactly yeah and that was probably my first like time in my life where i was like punk is a even though it's pop punk punk is a part of my kind of musical repertoire yeah um i guess by I, well, not obviously, but I've kind of grown out of that and I don't really listen to those kind of um, bands anymore. But post-university, I'd say, is when I really, really got into punk music. Yeah, um, started delving a bit deeper into the genre a bit. Exactly. And that's, I'd say, coincided a lot with um, a resurgence over the last, say, five years or so. Yeah. Um, of kind of post-punk and post-punk revival music, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the success, particularly of British bands, British post-punk bands, um, globally, I mean, lots of their albums um, are by bands such as you know, Idols and Shame and stuff, really critically revered and they're excellent and, and, and I really enjoy them yeah um, because they're hitting a bit more mainstream success these days aren't they exactly and you know that's going to get uh followers like me I guess um <laughs> and I'd also say that yeah I'd, I'd say that's when I've got into it mostly um is post-university um what what I will I guess finally say on that is just that it's 
it's kind of coincided as well with because so I've got a strong interest in rap and hip hop. Yeah, kind of an emergent like punk rap genre um, with you know artists like Denzel Curry, um, Slow Tie, JPEG Mafia, um, borrowing a lot and, and and using a lot of kind of punk influence in their music. Yeah, I always think those lyricism. two. Yeah, those two genres are very much intertwined. I think absolutely like, the ethos is the same, isn't it? Yeah. Um, especially acts like Slow Tie as well. Like I almost consider him just a punk artist above above anything else, really. Yeah, they certainly kind of embody the ethos of that of the music in times in terms of. I mean, Slow Tie's last album, nothing great about Britain. Certainly has an anti-establishment feel to it. Which yeah, you could say that. Something <laughs> you could say that certainly. Yeah, it's sure. Certainly something that um, punk embodies as well. So yeah, that was a very long-winded way of saying. No, that's good. Just after university, that will fill the time definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I've asked you for your favourite punk band. Is that if you could name one, feel free to give a few a mention, which you just have to be fair. But if you could pick one, what would who would you say is your favourite punk band? Favourite punk band. Um, so I guess if we're thinking, it's, it's a really difficult question, and it's probably changed a lot, but. For me, I always just go back to Joy Division. Yeah. Um, especially if we're talking classic punk, um, their you know the un- the album Unknown Pleasures is the album or one of the albums that kickstarted the kind of post-punk genre is absolutely um, endlessly listenable, um, really pervasive now nowadays. You know, you see the the album artwork on t-shirts and everything yeah. so it's clearly got such an impact um and i you know it's just an album i love i you know if, if i'm ever walking around anywhere um likely chances are i'm listening to unknown pleasures um it's so yeah that's because i absolutely love the album as well but it's interesting because their second album which i think is called closer used to be like i used to prefer that slightly um, yeah, first one. So, but I'd say recently, like the last year or so, I think the first one's just about got it. But they're both solid albums, obviously. I think Closer is what critics and aficionados would probably say is their uh, favorite sure. Joy Division album, and maybe yeah. their favorite punk album. I think it's, it, but I don't know. I, I've never been one to um, pick obscure albums or obsc- I mean it's not obscure that album of Joy Division so they've only got two albums so it's difficult yeah. to be but I you know if I, I'm usually along mainstream um, public thought I, I agree with a lot and especially with Joy Division I like Closer I like it a lot but there's clearly something about Unknown Pleasure that's Unknown Pleasures that resonates with me and with a lot of other people because of its yeah of uh, course. impact yeah they um, didn't they didn't really like that album when it came out apparently they didn't like the production on it like you know, the drums kind of sounds like a drum machine doesn't it the drums mm. which i think is the i think that's what makes it so timeless that's what's lasted yeah. 40 years or whatever it's been um i think lyrically it's great as well i think they're only 21 22 when they wrote when ian curtis wrote those lyrics um which is incredible, incredible, really. So with such mature themes on there, um, but yeah, it's really stood the test of time, and I think rightly so, really. Um, mm. Yeah, I th- yeah, absolutely brilliant album to me. Are there any other albums that you think that you would have 
that were up there, do you reckon? Um, so, because I've come into kind of punk music a bit later, it's never been something I've grown up with. I think I do have a tendency to enjoy a lot more kind of modern punk, post-punk yeah. um, albums that are floating about at the moment. Um, and then, you know, it chops and changes all the time, what I would say is my favourite. I think, and I look back at my kind of Spotify um, wrapped of the last few years and saw which what albums was really pervasive. But I've got to go, if I had to pick one from the last few years, um, it, it might not be my favourite, but certainly one that's been really impactful and re- listened to a lot would be um, Porridge Radio's Every Bad, which I just thought was um, brilliant. Um, yeah. And, you know, some people might argue that that's not a punk album. I think it's a punk album. And yeah, I very much agree album. with you. Yeah, I don't really care um, about sort of categorising it. Specifically, I yeah. think it's a punk album. Um, I think it's their debut album by Porridge Radio, isn't it? Um, no, yeah. I think it was nominated for a Mercury Prize last year. Um, and I think it's really good. I think you sent me the album. And yeah, it was one of my most listened to albums of last year, I think. I think it's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um so yeah, I think that's a very good shout. Um, and quite exciting to see where they go. Like that was their first album. It's their Let's second see. album. It's their second album, sorry. Second album. Um I, I, I have to admit I've never listened to their first album. But <laughs> maybe I will now. Obviously a huge fan right there. Um, yeah, a huge fan. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Good answers there. I think we're off to a good start. So I've asked you to send over your top three punk songs. Mm. Obviously not an easy question at all. But what would be your first choice there? That doesn't have to be your favourite punk song, but what song would you like to mention first? So I've already mentioned them, um, but but the song um, Holiday in Cambodia by Dead Kennedys um, has to be in my top three. Yeah, it's not a song that I listen to very often, um, which is weird to say. Um, not really a band that I listen to a whole lot, but for me, it's the the song that I associate most with punk kind of punk music, and it's my kind of first punk song that I loved that I listened to endlessly on repeat at a time in my life. Um, and I mean, it's such a you know, raw song, very like a- aggressive. Obviously, you've got that kind of um, socio-political um, undercurrent to it, or, or, or messaging that it's trying to get across. Yeah, um, it's just a really good song, and I think it does all the basics well. If, if someone was to ask me, you know, what is an atypical um, punk song, I would say. Yeah, it would yeah. be that. Yeah, I actually got into that song through Guitar Hero. Do you remember that game on like PlayStation Two? I was I was a rock band person. Oh right, so yeah. I, so I, I think it was a similar. Guitar Hero. Yeah, it was a similar sort of thing. But yeah, mm. they had that on there, and I remember like the um, the chorus is quite catchy on that, which you don't really get necessarily with a lot of punk songs. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very. I perhaps was not really aware of the lyrics. It's all about sort of the Paul Pot dictatorship and how it pretty much murdered a quarter of Cambodians at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I yeah, think... I've, I've got some lyrics here actually, which I'll probably butcher, but so it says, well, you work harder with a gun in your back for a bowl of rice a day, slave for soldiers till you starve. Then your head is skewered, skewered on a steak. So pretty dark stuff there really. It but... is pretty dark. If I remember rightly, the lyrics are something to do with American 
like youth at the time um kind of I, I, I don't quite know what they were doing but it, it's kind of trying to compare the the cushy situation american youths are at that time yeah like college kids re- yeah, college yeah kids because i think a lot of college kids were basically comparing their plight to that of the cambodian people and so it was it was they pretty, pretty insensitive i think history yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah fair yeah, enough great song Okay, sure. Um, number two in your list at all, or any other song that you want to mention? Yeah, so number two in my list, and I messaged this to you yesterday, because um, it, it's, well, I'll say it, it's, it's Guns of Brixton. Um, yeah, by The Clash. By The Clash. And again, you could debate whether it's a punk song or not, because, I mean, it's an extremely reggae song. Yeah, um, I think that, that's what The Clash did really well. They incorporated lots of lots of influences from, from reggae primarily, especially on something yeah. like London Calling. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, it definitely counts as a punk song. And I think I would say it's probably my favourite punk song of all time, if I was to pick one. I think it's really? absolutely brilliant. I would say so, wow. yeah. yeah. I mean, um, it's... it's- it's a fantastic song and it's again a song that I'd listened to in kind of my formative years um, has stuck with me forever Uh, a song unlike Holiday in Cambodia that I actually do listen to uh, a lot especially Walking Round it's a very cool song to listen to but I think what The Clash did with that song is um, and you know I wasn't alive in the 80s so I can't say this but it feels like they really encapsulated a feeling of kind of because um, I think it was just pre-riots um, this song came out and you can really it, 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 it captures kind of a palpable sense of like unease and anxiety and also um, aggression um, to well not aggression towards the police but um just a, a palpable sense of, the, of tension, I guess. Yeah. Um, between the people of Brixton and kind of neighbouring areas and the authorities at the time. Um, excellent yeah. song. Interestingly sung by Joe Simonon, who is the bassist, rather than Joe Strummer, who's the mm. uh, Paul Simonon, sorry, rather than Joe Strummer. Um, but he's actually got a great voice. I think it's the only song he sings on, so far as I'm aware. He wrote the lyrics for it as well as sings it and it's got a great bass line as well it's a really really great bassist really good um yeah i think that's a great shout like i said probably my favorite punk song of all time if i had to choose if i had to be gun to my head i had to go for one um onto your third song at all um this one i am denied about and i settled on mother by idols yeah which um it's from the album brutalism it's just a fantastic, quite, it feels quite personal, the song. Um, and what idols do very well is they're very no-nonsense, or at least in, in Brutalism on that song, they're very no-nonsense. It's very to the point. And again, kind of like Holiday in Cambodia, it's a really, really good distillation of, of what I've punk or post-punk a modern punk song sounds like um and yeah i 
It's really, really great yeah. song. I think the use of repetition in that song that Joe yeah, Tolbert so uses good. is great. He um, uses it quite a lot and quite quite a few songs. Yeah. Repetition is a is, is something but he it works well. About. It really hammer, hammers yeah. home the point. I think it works well. I think that's something that punk in general kind of uses well. It's the use of repetition of lines. Because well, um, of the, I guess, tendency towards simple messaging, um, punk doesn't tend to like to overcomplicate itself. I know what post-punk music more so than, um, like, I guess, more orthodox punk tend, t- does tend towards a bit more art- artsy, yeah. Um, maybe slightly more complicated lyrics and uh, uh, and just slightly more complicated sonically, but in general, punk certainly tends towards the more simplistic. Uh, yeah, sure. Lyrics. So, if I was to push you on your favourite album, you've said "Unknown Pleasures" by Joy Division. Are there any other ones that you would that you'd want to mention now? Your favourite album. Because um, I think um, what, punk, what punk does well is puts good albums out. I don't think they're necessarily sort of a singles kind of um, genre. Not necessarily, obviously, you've got to have sort of important singles. But I think as albums, they it does they do they do the punks tend to do quite well with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I you know I've tended towards the more recent albums owing to the fact that I've got into punk a little bit later um, and over the last few years there's been some really really fantastic um, albums so um, Songs of Praise by Shame was yeah. really really good that was I think it was 2018 that came out that was really fantastic yeah I think that's probably my favourite album from 2018 I said at the time anyway um, yeah I think it's really good their second album Drunk Tank Pink as well. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think the second album might be better than the first. I would it's, say it's it's a really really good album. Yeah, um, yeah. I think their really songs the, the song on there called uh, Snow Day. I think mm. it's probably their best song. I'd say yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go. They're early twenties. Um, so I mean, they've got a long future ahead. That's, yeah, exactly. that's the cool thing about the the scene at the moment. It feels like everyone's got so long ahead of them. Yeah. Um. Everyone's just kind of getting started. So, also another album would be Street Worms by Viagra Boys. Yeah. Another excellent, and they followed it up with Welfare Jazz. I think is the yeah. Name I think earlier this album. year, what wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that's also another brilliant album. Yeah. Um, they're they're really interesting. But I actually had tickets to see them last year. Obviously, that got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, they're a really interesting band. I don't know too much. They're Swedish, aren't they? I think they're from Sweden. Um. And they're very, like, funny. They, they don't take themselves too seriously at all um, in their music videos and how they kind of present themselves and musically. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I was really impressed with that, with that debut album, Street Worms. I thought it was really, yeah, really so good. Was I. Really good. And I like the second album, even though it's kind of a, kind of like a punk jazz album, which you don't really yeah. say much these days. But yeah. um, I, think, I think it works well for me. I think it works no, really well. Definitely. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Another album I love to bop along to is, uh, is Welfare Jazz. It's a really easy yeah. listening um, album. Uh, and then kind of, I guess, in terms of more recent albums, um, Bad Luck Party by Miss June, yeah. which is a band, punk band out of... Uh, oh, I'm probably going to get this wrong now. It's, but I think they're Australian. 
Um, yeah. From New Zealand. I think they're even Australian. I can't remember. <laughs> but me and you saw them, I think it was last year, maybe the year before last year. At the um, Lexington were, in Angel. Yeah. And yeah. They were fantastic. They're really, really good. Yeah. Remember the guitarist um, kept, kept climbing on those speakers. We thought it was going to fall off and like kill himself. Yeah. Like probably like. <laughs> eight or nine feet up in the yeah. air um, like, get, that's really dangerous, dangerous. there wasn't because it was it was busy but it wasn't like if he fell he would fall on the floor as in he would oh, yeah he'd be knocked out we'd need to get the ambulance yeah over yeah um, or if that stack of because it was, it was getting on the stack of speakers if yeah it wasn't it wasn't floor. a secure base at all no not at all <laughs> Um, um, and that was pro- that bad luck party by then is probably my most listened to punk album for the last two years yeah it's really good I listened to it a lot um, and obviously, there's a lot of classic albums I've listened to. So, you know, I've already mentioned Un- Unknown Pleasures, um, London School or London's Calling, uh, Remain in the Light by Talking Heads, fantastic album. Yeah. Um, but for me, if I had to be pushed on my favorite album or punk album, it's Joy is an Act of Resistance by Idols. By Idols. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I what is it about that, that album in particular? It's, I mean, punk al- punk as we've said suits an album format. I think um, the standout singles across across the board, but it really does shine in in the album format. And I find Joy's and Acts of Resistance such a cohesive listen with so many standout songs. Yeah. Um, in it like the ebb and flow of the, the album it's quite an aggressive album but it's got some uh songs on there that really dip and make you quite emotional i think can't quite remember the name of the song is it june um yeah. where uh joe's talking about the, the passing of his child yeah um it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking it's heartbreaking and, and that's that's the thing for me like i think that album elicits a lot of emotion um it captured a sense at the time. It's only two or three years old now, but songs like Danny Nadelko, which perfectly like distilled a kind of uh, this, the ridiculousness, I guess, of anti-immigrant feeling in, yeah. in, in Britain. Um, and, and, and yeah, the, the, there's just so many singles, so many bangers on that, <laughs> that yeah, album. Sure. Uh, but- yeah, because it starts with Colossus, which I think is an interesting way to start an album because it starts yeah. with quite slow like the first half of that song is very slow i think they did it on purpose i saw an interview with them they said they did that completely on purpose then yeah. the second half of that kind of goes into like their typical kind of idols quick quick fire you know three chord punk song yeah um but i think it was closest that actually got me into um idols um mm. i heard i think i heard it in a bar um and it was that like and it goes and it goes and it goes lyric that I thought what an interesting like little hook that they have there and this mm. got stuck in my head and I had to google it then I kind of found out you know from from then um for me yeah, it's probably it's... never fight a man with a perm was probably yes. the song that I think it's probably my favorite idol song it's just yeah, like I... it's it's absolutely like the lyrics are absolutely hilarious they're really really funny um and I think it's probably their best song I think it would be really good live as well um yeah it's it's a shame for me that I've never actually um, seen them live. No, well, they had an album out last year, was it? So they'll be looking to tour yeah. as soon as the pandemic. We we tried to get settles. tickets, didn't we, for them at oh, um, yeah. the Alley Palais, and they sold out. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, that would have been really good as well. Would have been brilliant. Yeah. I think that got cancelled because of COVID, if I remember rightly. So. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one of the standout tracks from that is Samaritans as well, which kind of takes on masculinity and how men can't really express mm. their feelings or, men- or like mental health in general. Not something that necessarily punks really touched on, but I thought that was quite an interesting um, approach to songwriting. Um, kind of completely Absolutely. opening himself up in that way to say that, um, you know, he cries and is in touch with his feelings and very important things that perhaps men don't really speak about in general, but should, I think. Uh, I think idols do that really well. They, they broach conversations that typically, not just punk isn't having, but no music's having. Yeah. There's, I can't remember I think it's on Mother, um, where there's lyrics um, around um, sexual violence, and yeah. I don't, I it might be Mother, or it might be a different song, which has the lyrics, um, sexual violence doesn't start and end with rage, it starts in our books and behind the school gates, mm. or something like that, where it's 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 about... You know, essentially that you know sexual violence doesn't happen in a vacuum it happens um and and to sort it out we need to you know ed- educate it needs to be taught it needs to be we need to have proper conversations about this at an elementary level yeah. and they talk about that um and those kind of topics a lot yeah because i think they kind of intertwine that with comedy as well with like humorous mm. songs which i think is quite a fine line but i think they pull it off it's, yeah, um, they definitely put it off. I mean, they're quite... not to everyone's taste because of that, I think. I can't remember which band it is that really hates them. Uh, is it sp- no, it's not a sports team. Uh, there's, certain, uh, there's, a, there's another of their contemporaries that, 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 that they, they have some beef with. And I know Sleaford Mods um, had a, had a yeah. beef with them as well. They called them kind of um, hipster pretenders or something like that. Right, um, yeah. Or, or basically accuse them of not being working class enough to, to, to deliver the messages and the music they are, uh, which is ridiculous. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, that leads me quite nicely onto the next set of questions. Um, so it seems that all of your favourite songs are quite overly political. Um, so I thought we could talk about politics for a bit. I hope this doesn't kind of bore anyone on the podcast <laughs> maybe this is a heads up if you're not interested in politics then switch off now but we don't have to dwell too much on it um but punk is very much intertwined with politics especially the politics of the left so as yeah. someone that's interested in politics of punk i'd be interested to hear your thoughts i don't quite know where i kind of sit personally on this but can punk be sort of right wing or does this portray the genre and by right wing i don't mean sort of fascists and nazis because unfortunately that has been punk has been kind of hijacked by those kind of people yeah i mean sort of like center right um, um can can you still be a punk and be kind of center right in the <clears throat> political spectrum would you say you, you absolutely can you absolutely can still be a punk or at least call yourself a punk um especially nowadays you hear a lot about politicians it, it wouldn't be rare to say to hear you know matt hancock say his favorite band is nwa or something like that because a, a lot of people don't listen to lyrics they don't really bother yeah. with the, the messaging behind music um, and that's fine you know there's plenty of songs when i listen to kind of electronic music or 
well, especially electronic music and stuff. I'm not too fussed about um, lyrics. Um, yeah. I, I listen to it for really good melodies and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and certainly you can be certain right, center right, and listen to punk, but I don't know if it works. Yeah. Punk being right wing. Um, as you said, you've obviously had Nazis and fascists getting yeah. to punk and. That's a whole nother topic, um, but that's just kind of appropriation more than anything. Yeah, um, that came out of kind of skinhead, jackboot punk culture of like the eight late eighties, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. 80s. So I think they were kind of at the time. I think, as as I understand it, the punk, the Nazis kind of infiltrated punk. Just mm. saw it as a chance to like kind of get drunk and like mosh, basically, like let out anger. Which obviously a lot of punks are very angry people at the establishment. Yeah. Whereas perhaps Nazis are angry at, you know, people of a different colour skin or whatever. Um, But I'd I'd say that in terms of can punk be right wing, I don't think it fits. And that's that's part of the reason why punk is so difficult to define and why also it's got so many kind of offshoots in terms of, say, we talked about punk rap and pop punk and... um, post-punk and stuff like that. Yeah. The thing that really unifies them, especially kind of punk rap, I guess, and the punk scene at the moment, is um, the politics, is what it's saying. It's it's It can sound quite sonically different to each other, but still have that main vein, which is it. it's what it's trying to get across, which is, by and large, uh, an, uh, a railing against the pervasive... Um, thought or, 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 or the government or yeah. um, just something really that it is a certain kind of politics, left-wing politics also rails again. Yeah. And it's why punk um, kind of, I guess, imagery or the, or, or the style has been adopted vice versa a lot by kind of left-wing organisations. If, if To say... Um, St. Pauli, the football team, it's a very left-wing football team in Germany. Yeah. A lot of their branding, you know, they've, they've got a, a skull and crossbones as their emblem now that says St. Pauli and it's black and white and they've got a lot of punk um, style to them and, and a lot of other leftist organisations do similar. And, and, and they're so intertwined that I don't think you can be, you know, a right-wing punk uh, yeah. band. I don't know what you would sing about. Yeah, I mean, I when doing a bit of research for this, I couldn't really find any examples of them, and perhaps that kind of speaks volumes of like a yeah. of like a centre right punk band. Um, I just don't think they would get the. I mean, they wouldn't have really the lyric. I mean, they, there's certain things that they can sing about, you know, sing about personal experience and stuff like that, and that'd be absolutely fine. But then they wouldn't call themselves a, a right wing uh, or centre right punk band. They would just be. Yeah, a, a punk band. As soon as, but at some point, I think in punk music, punk bands tend to reflect on their politics. They tend to display their politics in some form or another, um, whether it be on a specific topic, um, you know, gender debates and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, it will make it obvious kind of where they lean. And as soon as they, uh, uh, a centre right or right wing um, punk band got into those kind of topics and showed 
where they sat, um, I don't think people would listen to them as much. No, and, I don't think they would. You, know, you can say that's bad, but I, I don't care. I, I think, <laughs> you know, people listen to music because they want to hear something back at themselves that they, they, they like usually. You know, they want to hear lyrics that they they feel that they can come to terms with or yeah, they can that kind of represent for. them exactly yeah um, and that just doesn't work if you are trying if the 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 listenership is largely left-wing or pretty much predominantly left-wing or at least the listenership that engage with lyrics and stuff yeah as we sure. said there's lots of um punk fans that probably are right-wing um but just aren't engaging as much with lyrics and that's absolutely fine yeah they just like um, how it sounds and if that's the reason for liking music obviously that's absolutely fine music is supposed yeah. to just be fun isn't it so exactly the shouldn't take yourself too seriously and and i hate gatekeeping so if, yeah if if people want to enjoy people should enjoy whatever music they want yeah, um, of course, yeah. but yeah back on on the main question i don't think it betrays the genre um but because I don't think there's really a genre and anything to necessarily betray, but I just don't think a right-wing punk band would happen, would would, would exist without... Um, well, I don't think it would ever get big enough for, for yeah. you to ever Maybe in, like, them. small pubs around the exactly. country there might be, but we'll never hear of them, really. No, I don't really know what in, they'd necessarily sing about really oh that kind of leads me on to my next question actually can punk be non-political at all can it can yeah. it does it always have to be political in some way because punk is maybe punk and hip-hop are the most political anti-establishment genres there are but can it be completely non-political yeah punk definitely wears its heart, heart on its sleeve if i've got yeah. that term correct um and as i've said it can be apolitical if it's being like self-reflective if it's singing about personal tragedy or personal um celebration you know it doesn't always have to be sad yeah um but it can't be apolitical if it's trying to be reflected of something outside of itself if it's trying to be out reflective of society um it can't be apolitical you know it, you have to take it has to take a stance because otherwise what's the crowd going to be thinking a live gig what is it rallying against what is it you know singing yeah. about it's impossible to be a political uh, punk band because by by nature punk is um as you've said anti-establishment don't necessarily think it has to be anti-establishment it just has to kind of rail against something it has to be anti-something yeah. in some way some form of collectivism yeah exactly ground. yeah sure um and so, yeah, I, I, I don't think it can be apolitical when push comes to shove. Maybe in, you know, your first album, <laughs> you, you, can, you can be apolitical, but if you've released eight albums uh, for punk band, has, yeah. um, after that, you've got to pick a side after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, so we looked to kind of close the podcast. I won't steal too much of your time. Um, so I thought we'd kind of look to the future and kind of about the state of punk at the moment. So we've touched on this. Bands like Idols, Fontaine's DC, Shame, uh, Cabbage, another great punk band that I really like. Do you think that punk's in a healthy state at the moment? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So I've, I've kind of jumped the gun on your question <laughs> there, but absolutely. Um, I think punk. I mean, it, the, the the post-punk genre at the moment is is termed, I think, post-punk revival. Yeah. Um, and it certainly does feel like there's been a bit of a revival. But like I said, like the albums at the moment are so young. Um, or not albums, sorry, the artists at the moment feel so young that are really making a name for themselves in in the space. I feel like it's got a really, really healthy um, future. And I think... Yeah the popularity of punk aesthetics um, sonically you know being borrowed by hip-hop and rap and other genres at the moment mean that there is a clear interest um, in it and you know things and we've talked about politics things aren't getting better politically you know you can't say that like we're in the healthiest best of times at the moment um Politically do you, the, do you think this recent resurgence is a reaction to the kind of the last, say, 10 years politically where sort of the UK and America and the rest of the world is kind of going towards more right wing governments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you think about quite a lot of the lyrics in, in punk songs mentioned like Danny Nadelko, which is um, yep. against kind of anti-immigrant rhetoric and, and, and thoughts across Britain. Yeah, um, it's kind of a direct reaction to like Brexit, years. for example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely, it's resurgence, it's resurgence is definitely in part down to that. And because of that, the state of punk now, the future of punk is bright. It's probably the, the, <laughs> the best thing to come out of all of this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I actually remember reading an article around 2011, I think, when... David Cameron's Conservative government got in 2010 about will this lead to a resurgence in punk and then nothing really happened for like three or four years until about say 2016 2017 Mm. it's only really the last like four or five years Um, and then these bands have just kind of cropped up um, obviously a product of the last 10 years or so growing up Mm. um, under austerity or anything else that the Conservative current Conservative government have been doing Um, so yeah perhaps Perhaps Sorry, it's so a, astute by the uh, the author of that yeah, kind of predict. Because it kind of the um, original punk movement was kind of a reaction to Thatcher, I suppose, in the eighties. Mm. Um, yeah. So where you get sort of more authoritarian government, perhaps you do get interesting punk music, uh, which which would kind of make sense, wouldn't it? Music is anti-establishment, um, or at least some music is rather. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting point. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. So punk is healthy then. That's good. Punk is healthy and here to stay, hopefully. These are probably going to be famous last words (laughs) next year. (laughs) By the time the podcast is out, it'll be over. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Are there any, you've kind of mentioned quite a few artists there. Is there any music that you're listening to now? Perhaps anyone that you think should get more airtime? I think Miss June would be a great shout for this yeah. kind of question. Um, I've got a couple of things written down here that people, bands that we kind of talk about, the murder capital as well who are from Ireland. Really I think good fantastic. And you sent me a single from their album way before the, like yeah. they were even on the scene. I swear they, that like when you sent me the single, it had like 10,000 listens on Spotify and was basically like the only thing that they had put out. Yeah. Um, so they were playing at a free really gig around the corner from me. Um, at the Shackwell Arms in Dawson, 
Um, and I didn't actually manage to get to go there. I was looking on the website and saw the murder capital are playing. I thought that's quite a cool name. I thought that's a really cool name, the murder capital. So then, mm. yeah, I found their song. I can't even remember what the song's called now, the first song um, that they had out, but I thought it was great. Um, and yeah, so it's nice to see that their debut album, which came out a couple of years ago now, maybe was really good. Um, so hopefully they've got interesting stuff. Protomata is another band that you love. Protomata, a massive yeah. fan of. Um, it's kind of punk. Kind of, it always reminds me of Nick Cave. I think the yeah, thing. absolutely. I, I'm a huge singing. Nick Cave fan as well. Yeah, so it kind of takes a lot of boxes there. Um, okay, great. That's really good. I think that's kind of. Is there are there, is there anything else that you want to kind of add on the end? No, I don't think so. No your closing uh, statement. You know, Miss June's the the band that I wanted to shout out because they're probably yeah. on the least radio play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should Cover definitely up. see see them again live when they yeah. when gigs open up. Um, Don't okay, think we need cool. To shout out idols or uh, the Clash. No, I'm sure they're doing play. all right. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks very much, Jamie. Thanks for your time. Um, no, thank you for having me. Cool. All right. I'll leave you to it. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Bye. This podcast was created, written, mixed and produced by myself. I made this podcast using nothing but free software I found online and YouTube videos. I didn't and still don't really have a clue what I'm doing, but I encourage anyone to give it a go. I think we all have a podcast in us. Just stick to your passions and you cannot go too far wrong. I'd like to thank my special guests and my friend Josh for the artwork. Thanks very much for listening. And cut.